Welcome to another episode of the Unapologetic Pod. And before we start, I'm going to tell you about the social media giveaway that we still got going. The first 100 followers to either our Twitter or Instagram, Twitter at Unapologetic, capital P, zero, capital D, or our Instagram at Unapologetic.pod are entered in a $50 Amazon giveaway. All it takes to do is just hit the follow button. You don't got to like, post, or do anything else. Just follow. And with that, here we go. Welcome back to another episode of the Unapologetic Pod. I am your co-host, Logan Perry. And my name is Andrew Johnson. And we have a jam-packed episode for you guys today. First off, we're going to be recapping the Sunday night and Monday night games of week two before we get to the week three slate of breaking down each and every game, including fantasy and, of course, the podcast parlay. Yeah, you know, we might have lost last week, but... We can bounce back. Our hopes are high for this week. I'm not worried. I haven't made it yet, but I'm making it during the podcast. That's how confident I am about it. On the fly always works better for me, too. But, yeah, no, we do have an action-packed show. We'll also be throwing out some trade tips and fantasies, players you want to buy low on and some players you might want to sell high on that you know will not outperform what they have been in the last two weeks. But before we do that, we'll start with the first, our Sunday night game that we Pause at halftime was 14-14. Yeah, it was right be- right at the two-minute warning there. It was 14-14 when we cut out and talking about that game. Yeah, so the Ravens actually upset the Chiefs at Baltimore, but no yeah, one really it's had an upset. Yeah, it is. No, it still is, but they won 36-35, to and, man, what a wild ending to that game. Yeah, honestly, I didn't expect the Ravens to win, especially with Lamar making as many mistakes as he did, like just like he did against the Raiders the week before that. I thought he was just going to cost them the game again, throwing two picks throughout the game, but they were able to break through, and what a wild ending at the end there on that fourth down conversion. Yeah, no, that was ballsy, but, like, I respect it. Chiefs, I, I'm sorry. Like, it sucks to be in that position, but Clyde Edwards-Hilaire fumbled the ball. I, I just Protect the ball. He's got to protect the ball there. You're winning at the end of the game. You just got to hold on to the ball. Uh, things you want to take away from the game, I just got one quick thing, is that the Ravens put up 251 yards on the ground compared to the Chiefs only doing 62. Kind of crazy. Well, that's nothing new for the Ravens, though. They they average, what, almost 190, 195 yards per rushing per game anyways. It's insane what they're able to do. Yeah, I I just thought it was crazy. You got Lamar 107, and then Tyson Williams was 77. And Latavius Murray and Devontae Freeman. Didn't even know one of, Devontae Freeman was on the team. <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't. But besides that, uh, Chiefs could have won that game. Chiefs should have won that game, probably. I mean, look how Patrick Mahomes played. 24 for 31, 343 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. He played lights out. I mean, props to the uh, Ravens, though. They For that fourth down call, I mean, Lamar played good besides the first half. Sucks to see a pick six on your first drive. Yeah. Other than that, he turned it up on the ground and in the air, and he Ravens, did soak things. it in. Soak it in, Ravens. Got the Lions next week. Soak it in. Soak it in. Soak it in. And then we'll go for the Monday night game, which was the Lions at the Packers. And the uh, the Packers, 
blew them out, 35-17. Yeah. Every single year, it seems like the Packers tend to slip a game up to the Lions in division play. But So everyone's always afraid at the start of the game, but after the first half, the Packers absolutely blew that game wide open, and it was never really in question after halftime. No, it wasn't. And Rodgers didn't really need to even throw that much, 255 yards. I mean, you see a lot of quarterbacks today throw out 300 or something oh, like 300 that. 300-plus easy. But it was an easy game for Rodgers, 22 for 27, 255, and four touchdowns. And Aaron Jones, a hell of a game. Hell of a game. Three touchdowns in the air. I wouldn't expect that. I don't think anyone would. And then one on the ground. So he had himself a game, too. Both Aaron's putting up four touchdowns. Can't really lose with that formula. No, you cannot lose with that formula. Also, I saw it was like his one of his um, games that he was tributing to his dad that died over the last year and how he lost his necklace that had his dad's ash in it. But shout out, they did find it on the field at one fifteen after the game. Yeah, that... That was a crazy story. I think something to take or take away from the Lions. Your team sucks besides TJ Hawkinson. He's pretty damn good though. Hawkinson's good. Other than that, I don't I don't know what else to say. You wanna hype him up a little bit? I wish I could. I mean, Jared Goff only made a couple real mistakes that game. He had a boneheaded pick. But it really wasn't the end of the world. They were already down anyways. Do you really expect them to come back in this game? The team's dog shit anyways. But you expect DeAndre Swift to be able to do a little bit more and Jamal Williams after they both had big weeks last week. But neither of them were able to do anything on the ground combining for just over 50 yards. And in the air, they did just about the same thing combining for 52. After they combined for, what, over 200 all-purpose yards together last week? Yeah, it's tough when Jared Goff outrushes you by nine yards. That's Jamal or DeAndre Swift, and then Jamal Williams by 21. Kind of weird, but sorry, Lions. That's all I'm going to say. Good luck. You're probably going to lose another five straight games. Packers looking up. Big, big week to prove themselves, though, this week. Oh, yeah, that's, that's definitely uh, one of those rebound games where you just want to hype your boys up, give them a shitty opponent at the beginning of the year just to make them feel good. This is exactly what the Packers needed after the Saints last week. Mm-hmm. And with that, we'll just go into our week three preview then because we covered all the games from week two. And before we do that, we actually have two new guests we're going to introduce to the podcast today. Chris and Mitch couldn't make it today, unfortunately, so we have our two other friends, Joel and Mac. They'll also be breaking down the games with us, giving their scores, and they both picked out a game of the week, just like Mitch and Christian has. And we're excited to see what they have to bring to the table, hopefully a lot of hot takes. Yeah, I'm interested to see what they say about fantasy, too. I want to see who they think will stand out and who will be busts and maybe, you know, their trade kind of people, people from a different league giving us a different perspective. Yeah, it's nice to get many different opinions other than just us two and, like, two of our buddies. And before we get into week three slate, we'll just go over the standings from our last two weeks. Me and Chris are tied at the top at 21 and 11, and Logan, Mason, and Mitch are all tied at the bottom, 19 and 13. Still pretty close, only two games separating all of us. Yeah, I'm surprised it's really only two games separating each of us when we're two weeks in. I thought it'd be a little bit bigger of a jump, but it's only two weeks also, we gotta realize. Yeah, and with that, let's go into week three and get into it. Thursday night football, Panthers at Texans. Money lines minus 400 for the Panthers, and Houston's plus 310. The spread is 8 for the Carolina Panthers. A couple questions we have before coming in this game. Tyrod Taylor just got placed on the AL. 
What can go worse for the Texans, and what are they going to do with their quarterback situation now? Tyrod Taylor was kind of the only person keeping that whole locomotion going in the Texans organization. They are absolutely dog shit without him. He's been almost near perfect while on the field, keeping them in games and alive. So I think that they are going to look worse than what we've called the Jags all season now without him. They're going to go downhill really quickly. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they're going to do with their rookie or second-year quarterback. I don't even know his name. I think he's a rookie, uh, Davis Mills. Yeah, that that's who it is. And that it's just going to be interesting to see what he does on the field. I'm going to assume it's probably going to be run heavy with Mark Ingram and David Johnson. But, again, I don't know how the game's really going to go. And another question I guess we have for the Panthers is can they keep their offense up? We saw McCaffrey always produce. He always does. Like oh, yeah. Per he, usual. He'll always have his touches, his volume. And the wide receivers, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, have been playing pretty good Yeah, the last DJ two Moore weeks. definitely had his, his breakout game of the season last week. It made him really shine in fantasy for sure. So you'd like to see if they can keep that up against a not-so-good defense and opponent in general. You'd think that they'll be able to get touches and the ball spread to everyone pretty well. Yeah, and I think we all kind of are on the same page besides Chris because we all have Carolina winning. I have it 27-17. Mason has it 24-17. Logan has it 28-10. Mitch has it 24-21. Chris has it 24-21, but the Texans winning. And then Mac has it 31-9. Joel, 20-10. All of us going for the Panthers except Christian. I wish he was here. Maybe he doesn't know Tyrod Taylor's on the IR. I'm not really sure why he picked that. That's what I can only guess. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why he'd expect the Texans to beat the Panthers even really with Tyrod Taylor. I mean, they put up a fight for two and a half quarters against the Browns, and then the Browns started to kind of pull away last week with that, and the only team they beat is the Jaguars this week, this year. So it's not like they really have proven a ton. Yeah, unfortunately, the Thursday night game two weeks in a row have kind of been underwhelming with the football team Giants and now Panthers-Texans. Hopefully it gets better in the coming weeks but these two weeks are just kind of sleepers just watch for fantasy other than that go out and have fun that night i i don't i i wouldn't really sit and watch this game and then with that we'll just go into sunday afternoon slate with joel's game of the week washington at buffalo hey what's up guys this is joel G- give you guys my uh, game of the week this week washington buffalo and let me tell you something right now buffalo has not looked the way i thought they would to start the year a really weird game against Pittsburgh where it kind of felt like Pittsburgh kind of stole it like late in the game, kind of like back and forth iffy-ish, but I don't know. We got Washington um, at plus 310, Buffalo at minus 400, and the spread is minus 7.5 for Buffalo. little hefty on the spread, but I guess we'll see how it'll play out. And the biggest thing for me about this game is about Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke, his first real start other than the playoff game against the Bucks, where put up a really, really good fight. Um, but his first first start um, won the game. Looked decent, you know, only uh, one interception on the game. Um, not the greatest game, but hey, do your job. That's all you got to do. Do your job. And uh, the weirdest thing for me, though, is Buffalo has ran the ball way more effectively than what I thought that they would. Devin Singletary, for these past couple weeks, averaged 6.3 yards a game the first week and then 6.5 yards per carry the second week. I would not expect Buffalo to be a running team this year, but like Josh Allen's completion percentage, you know, 30 to 51 in week two and then week one, 17 to 33. It's not the numbers you really want to see from Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. I don't know. It's not really what I wanted to look for. 
Yeah, I definitely would have to agree with that. It's starting to look like the Josh Allen of old when he was coming out of Wyoming with not the greatest completion percentages where he's trying to just find receivers that are already doubled or he's just missing throws with that cannon of an arm. That's a backhanded compliment if you want to give it to him. But you, he is – Joel does have a point that they have been running the ball very efficiently this year. They've been able to get a lot of play-action game going this year, kind of like what the Titans have been doing, and it's helping out their run game a lot with Devin Singletary being able to find some good holes. Yeah, and I think to counter what you guys have been saying on Josh Allen, I think this is personally their coming out party. Uh, we haven't – we've said that – or I guess you guys have said Josh Allen lo- hasn't looked the same. But another thing or person, player, that hasn't looked the same is just the Washington football team's defense in general. They didn't really look that good against the Giants, putting up 29 points, the Giants. They're playing against Buffalo a little more high power than the Giants. I think we'd all agree. And I personally think Josh Allen and the whole offense will come to fruition this week. And they'll look more dangerous than they have in the last two weeks. And, I mean, I would agree, I think we all agree with that, judging by all our scores, if you want to run through them. Yeah, uh, we unanim- unanimously have all picked Buffalo with me going 24-17 in their favor, Andrew at 28-17, Mason has Buffalo at 21-14, Mitch at 28-17, Chris has it scored 28-14, Mac has it scored 24-17, and Joel has it 30-20 in Buffalo's favor. Yeah, it was pretty unanimous there, I feel like. I mean, I hope it'll be a good game, but we're just also depending on Washington football's defense kind of staying up to the game because I don't think their offense can go swing for swing with Buffalo. So I think the question is Buffalo's offense and Washington defense in the game. Pretty good game to kick off the Sunday slate, I will say. That will go to a next one, which is kind of a sleeper if you really think about it. I'll say it, and then I'll prove myself. Bears at Browns, okay? Money line, minus 330 for Browns, plus 260 for the Bears. Obviously, pretty lopsided. Spreads seven. So, they're going to expect it to win by a touchdown. But the thing I'm most excited for is Justin Fields is here. It's something to look forward to, judging by all the rookie quarterbacks this year. We haven't seen one, like, solid like, oh, that guy definitely got it. We haven't seen that in any quarterback, oh, no, rookie not, quarterback. Not one game yet from any rookie has showed us, like, oh, that's the guy. I mean, granted, Justin Fields kind of said that same thing when he played last week, but he's starting the full game. It's all it's all his snaps this week. So I'm pretty excited myself. I know Chris would be pretty excited, judging by he's a Bears fan and fuck Andy Dalton. Oh, yeah, he's on that fuck Andy Dalton train since the get-go, he thought that was the worst signing of them. But personally, coming back to this game, I think it'll be a lot closer than people think. I think Justin Fields might be better. I don't know. I don't think it'll be fun to look, but I also think the Bears' defense is starting to wake up. You saw what they did to Joe Burrow. They sacked him, what, four or five times and picked him off three different times. Imagine yeah, if they did that to the Browns. They're, they're starting to look like the old Bears again, but – with them being the old Bears, that means they have no solid offense. And they have weapons, don't get me wrong, with Allen Robinson, but you got to be able to get the ball to that weapon. That's their biggest difficulties. I hope Justin Fields can do that, but we've seen every single rookie look like they're seeing ghosts out there this year, and I, I think it'll probably be like that for him to start the season as well. Yeah, I mean, as much as I said how close it would be, I think we all picked the Browns. I don't think it'll be that hard of a game for them. i just like to see the defense kind of step up. 
with I having it 24-14 for the Browns, Mason having it 17-10, Logan 28-14, Mitch 28-20, Chris 31-21, Mac 38-17, and Joel 24-14, all having it as the Browns way. I can just say my favorite thing about watching Bears game, though, is seeing Nick Foles on the sideline holding a clipboard. I mean, what a fucking stupid signing that Nick Foles one was. My favorite <laughs> thing about Bears is I can't wait for Justin Fields not to turn out and then what veteran quarterback they're going to sign. Maybe Davis Mills is going to find his way into a Bear uniform in a couple of years. It's like my favorite thing about watching Bears game is just these weird washed quarterbacks that are like still there. <laughs> it's my favorite. I love it. It makes me feel better as a Jags fan knowing that I was able to get rid of that fucker too, dude. Holy wow. shit. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Joel. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. On that note, we'll go to the next game. Ray, this will be a quick one, I feel like. We can just whip through yeah, this one. Yeah, we can whip this one Ravens at Lions. Moneyline, minus 420, shout out, for the Ravens. And plus 320 <laughs> for the Lions. Spreads at minus 8 for Baltimore. I don't think we really need to say much about this. I just think it'll probably be a high-scoring game because the Lions love to do that for some reason. They'll put up 14 in the fourth quarter when no one wants it or needs it. So besides that, I think the Ravens are going to run all over this defense, and I think Lamar will start getting it going in the air as well. Oh, yeah, I agree without a doubt. I mean, they put up uh, over 200 yards this last week. I think they could put up even more rushing yards against the Detroit defense with how many, how much they'll be ahead to start that game. I think it'll they'll be able to just run all over that shitty defense. Yeah, I mean, we all kind of had it almost all blowouts. I had it 31-20, Mason had 35-14, Logan had it 28-20, Mitch 24-14, Chris 35-28, Mac 41-31, and Ravens 35-17. We all have it semi-high scoring game, and we all see it the Ravens way. I don't think anyone's going to disagree with that. And then with that, we'll go to the next game of the week, which is actually Mac's game of the week, Colts at Titans. All right. Hi, I'm Mac. Um, my game of the week was Colts-Titans. The uh, spread was Titans by five, and Titans favored minus 260, Indy plus 210. That's not – I think it's terrible, but I think the Titans are going to win this game. They're the only two decent teams in this division, which I think is really bad. And Carson Wentz has to prove himself after two weeks of being, I don't know, I'd say average, if that. If he's playing. Remember, he sprained both of his <laughs> ankles. He sprained both his ankles. That's tough to do. That's, props to him for that because I can't even imagine how he possibly do that. Um, but <laughs> the Titans, I mean, big win last week against the Seahawks after a bad loss to the Cardinals. And, I mean, Derrick Henry, Henry went absolutely nuclear what, 48-something fantasy points, something like that. And the Colts defense, I think they're going to have to step up. I mean, stopping him, A.J. Brown, Julio, that's going to be hard after not really being able to stop Russ in week one and having a tough time with uh, Stafford in week two. So I got Titans all the way on that one. Yeah, I think another thing to touch on is the murderer's row, the Colts. We said the murderer's row. They're going to have a hard month, and they're proving it right now at 0-2. This is kind of a must-win game for them, I'd assume, but it's really going to be hard if Carson Wentz out, which I think he might be already called out, if not doubtful, for this week. I'm, so I might have to get fact-checked on that, but I do believe. He was ruled questionable today after practice still, but 
Well, I agree with you completely about Murderers Row. We said they'd have to at least steal one playoff-worthy win in these first three weeks, and this is their last chance to do it. And it looks like it's not going to be a real easy battle for them at all, especially when the Titans are catching fire with Derrick Henry catching fire, basically, is all we have to say. He ran all over them last year in one game, too. I know he was 180-plus, and I can see that happening again. It's hard. I mean, everyone's like, yeah, it's Derrick Henry doing Derrick Henry things. But, like, name another running back where you can confidently give it to him and he's more efficient than your pass offense. Yeah, they were down by two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, and they decide to hand the ball off 20 times rather than throw the ball 20 There's no team that can do that unless you have Derrick Henry, which that just shows why they call him the king. That's why they call him the king. But going back to the scores, we all have it semi-close almost all in the titans way mason with a little ugly duckling kind of pick right there but i did 28 13 this is judging that wentz won't play if Wentz plays yep, i go 28, my, my 20. score was off Wentz not playing mason 28 17 colts logan 31 20 in the titans favor mitch 31 17 chris 27 24 mac 24 17 and joel 20 13 all in the favor of the tennessee titans and it will be a good game i think there's a lot of proving to do for both of these offenses i mean we went on the titans they had a huge win but even these last two weeks have not really showed what their offense can do. A.J. Brown not really doing too much on the air. And Julio, he's having good games, but it's like you would expect a lot more from two top, honestly, maybe top ten running wide receivers in the league. It'd be close, but I, you would expect more. Oh, yeah, you definitely would expect more, especially from Julio after Mike Vrabel hasn't really been very positive about him publicly, which could be a little bit concerning, but I wouldn't look at that as concerning long-term. But you definitely would hope that they're producing at this point in the season by now. Yeah, and then that's about it for the game. I hope Wentz is healthy, so it's semi a semi-game at least, depending what he does. But with that, we'll go to the next game, which is actually your game of the week. So if you want to do it, yeah, so uh, I chose my game of the week to be the Chargers at Chiefs with the money line set at in Casey's favor at negative 320 with the Chargers at plus 250, and the spread is set at negative 6.5 for Kansas City. Now, the first thing I got to wonder is, do you think the Chiefs are going to be able to bounce back after this week one or week two tough loss? Yes, I I do, I do think, at least their offense. I don't know about their defense. I think, I mean, they were a fumble away, potentially, for, or not a fumble away from winning that game, potentially. And, yeah, I, I mean, they're a good team. They put up 35, and Tyreek Hill had, what, 17 yards? Yeah, that shows that one of your best offensive players doesn't even have to really be that in the game to still be in the game. It's astounding, but I think this is one team that you could see them slip up against a Chargers team that's better than last year in a divisional game. Yeah, I think it's going to be weird because the Chiefs are expected to bounce back. I mean, they're playing at home, but the Chargers really haven't looked that good of an offense or team in general, especially with all this hype from Justin Herbert. I hope he finally turns it up, and I think it'll be a tougher game for the Chiefs than most fans expect. Yeah, I agree. I think the Chargers might finally start to click a little more. I mean, we've been seeing Mike Williams go crazy, and Eckler finally had a decent game last week out of the backfield with nine catches. And now if we can get Herbert to be a little more efficient with the ball, they could definitely stick in this game with that not-so-great defense for the Chiefs. 
Yeah, I personally, I mean, my score has it only by three. I think it'll be a really close, hard-fought game. I think it'll come down to the last two possessions, just depending on what Justin Herbert does. I don't really have questions for the Chiefs because they're just going to the be Chiefs, the Chiefs. Yep. But judging or going down with the scores, I had a 27-24 Chiefs. Mason had a 35-21 Chiefs. You had 35-31. Chris had a 35-21 Mitch had it 35-24. Mac had it 38-21, all in the favor of the Chiefs. And then the odd one out, we got Joel. Chargers 31, Chiefs 28. You want to elaborate on that one? Oh, I'd gladly love to elaborate on this. I'm looking forward to the storyline of some boneheaded person on ESPN saying, Chiefs starting one and two, what's going on in KC? They're going to be completely fine. I just think this is a little bit of a trap game for KC. They come out of a, a tough loss last week. And I think Justin Herbert turns it up this week. Keenan Allen looks good. Mike Williams has looked good. And when Eckler gets going, that offense gets really scary. Uh, Justin Herbert is really a red zone pick away from really, like, dominating that last game. A red zone pick really killed it. But um, I'm expecting a really big game from Herbert. And just a tough one for the Chiefs to lose. They're going to be completely fine. They're still going to be the top contender in the AFC. But, you know, you can't go can't go just go 16-1. This doesn't always happen. No. No, I do agree. I think the Chiefs are bound to lose at least one against the Chargers, whether it's at home or away. I mean, the Chargers are a pretty good team. I had them in my dark horse for a wild card team. So I think they'll be I think it'll be a close game. And honestly, I would be kind of happy if the Chiefs win or lose. It'd be kind of funny. Oh yeah, no. It'd definitely be interesting to watch everyone in all the media panic and see how the Chiefs would bounce back after two losses in a row. I don't know if that has happened since Patrick Mahomes has started for the Chiefs, honestly. Yeah, oh my gosh, two losses in a row. Patrick Mahomes might still win the MVP and you guys are gonna be the number one seed in the AFC. Like don't chill. worry. Don't worry. Chill. But then we'll go to the next game, which honestly it's a, uh, it's Dark a- Horse, my game of the week. This was my second option. Call me a homer, but that's what yeah, I'm that's say. that's definitely a homer pick here. He's talking about we got the Saints at the Patriots with the money line set, New England negative one fifty with the New Orleans Saints at plus one thirty, and the spread is negative three in New England's favor. And as he's saying, even him being a Saints Saints fan, I think this will be a boring dud kind of game. You call it a game of the week, but they're two very evenly matched teams. Yeah, that's why I think it'll be highly contested. Uh, like most Patriot games, you're only going to really see one team score over 20. That's how it's usually – that's how, how it works. usually is. Trust me, I've been here Yeah, what was for last week? 25-9. The week before that, 17-16. We didn't even hit 20. Exactly. Like, I think the same thing's going to happen. You'll be lucky to see one uh, – two teams over 20, let alone one. But I think the Pats win at home. Their defense – defense is going to be what's carrying that team. They're playing – insanely good you saw him pick off Zach Wilson four different times JC Jackson with two of them best corner in the league and their run defense is actually pretty good they I think Ty Johnson had like 33 yards on 14 carries something like that they've honestly contained the run defense or the run game and the pass game and I just don't see Jameis outperforming our defense oh no especially when you're talking about Zach Wilson throwing four picks last week. Well, James Winston looked like his same damn self from being with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers throwing a couple picks last week, and I could see that exact same thing happening again this week, him being in a negative turnover margin. Yeah, the big thing that I'm looking forward towards is what is what James Winston are we going to get this week? The five touchdowns versus the Kevin King Packers, or are we going to get the guy that went 11 for 22 with two picks? Well, Tampa Bay, James Winston, so... 
it'll be interesting to look forward to. I don't know what the Saints are going to do at quarterback. Taysom Hill didn't attempt to pass in the last game against the Panthers. Um, I'm looking forward to see what they do. And is Taysom Hill going to be still part of this offense, or are they full riding on Jameis? Like, what's going to be going? I'm, I'm excited to see what, what uh, Sean Payton's got up his sleeve because it'll be very interesting to see what they do. They need to get Kamara going more than anything. He's had 28 carries for only 88 yards this year. And I hate to be that guy. This week ain't the week. This week is not going to be that week. It's not. It's not going to happen. Bill ain't going to let that happen. But, hey, looking at the scores, it's pretty scattered between all of us. I have a 23-17 Saints – or Patriots. Who am I kidding? Obviously (laughs) the Patriots. Mason has a 21-14 Saints. You have it 17-14 our Patriots. Mitch has it 24-17 Patriots versus Patriots. So I'm not really sure what well, he went there. That that <laughs> one's on me. He definitely said Patriots. I typed that one wrong. Okay, so he's got 24-17 <laughs> Hey, we had a Giants versus Giants at one point too. And then Chris has it 17-14 Saints. Mac 21-17 Saints. And Joel 20-13 Saints. This is our most toss-up game i got for this week so far we'll see i just think gillette stadium's got a pretty decent home field advantage especially i mean it's the new england patriots let alone at home they're pretty unbeatable i just think it's going to keep up especially looking what we had with Jameis. mac jones also really hasn't made any mistakes since he started yeah, no, he hasn't thrown a single interception. I don't know if he has a fumble or not, though. But, yeah, he's been very turnover-free so far in his few starts. And then with that, we'll go to the next game, which, oh, man, if this if wow. this is the only game on, like, a Thursday or, like, Sunday night, Monday night, I'm going to bed early. I like, wish they had, like, a little period in time where they throw the dud game for you to take your nap between the noon games and the 3 o'clock games. Like, that. this – would be that game. Yeah, like only the crackheads watch, really. Oh, yeah. But we're talking about the Falcons at the Giants. Money line 160 for the Giants, plus 140 for Atlanta. Spread, three for the Giants. Only thing to really look forward to in this game is that there won't be a team with uh, zero wins. One One's going to go one and two, one's going to be 0 and three. That's all I care about. And that's really just not even anything to look forward to. Like, that's still kind of upsetting if you're one of these teams. Both these teams would probably prefer to have a higher draft pick already at this point. They're both kind of shitty, if I say so myself. I mean, the Falcons have looked absolutely awful. Matt Ryan's been uh, probably one of the worst quarterbacks in the league so far this year, throwing two pick sixes to the same dude last week. Yeah, but I'll make this game interesting for myself and maybe the uh, listeners. I'm going to take Moneyline Falcons. I think it's just too juicy for an underdog, and the Giants suck too, and I think Matt Ryan's going to get that offense finally going. I mean, we've seen him do it how many years in a row. He's going to go off. That's just how their pass offense has always been structured. I think this is one of the games to do it. I'm taking plus 140 Atlanta for at least one of the picks in parlay. But other than that, we'll go. We'll just go to the scores because, again, this game is pretty boring. I have it 2013 Falcons. Mason has it 17 14 Giants. Logan has it 24 14 Giants. Mitch has it 25 20 Falcons. Chris 17 14 Giants. Mac 24 17 Falcons and Giants. Joel Giants 28 Falcons 20. Another mix up game. I mean, it really doesn't matter who wins this game, honestly. They'll both be competing for the top five draft pick come April. And with that, we'll go to the division game. 
the next game, which another sleeper, another sleeper, Bengals at Steelers. I agree. Yeah, no, this is definitely a little bit of a sleeper game for this week where they have Vegas has this game clocked in at money line negative 190 for Pittsburgh and Cincinnati at plus 160 with the spread at negative three for Pittsburgh. Close game Vegas has it at, and do you think the Steelers offense will be looking better this week? Yes, uh, I hope. I, I don't know. I hope they are. I mean, they play the Raiders. The Raiders aren't really – they don't have that good of a defense. Maybe a couple uh, edge rushers, but that's about it, and they did not look good at all. I hope they look better. I feel like we almost can't be saying that about the Raiders now when they also did the same thing to the Ravens. Exactly. So, I, I don't know. It, it's going to be tough. I hope Big Ben – I think he might be injured for this game too. I think he has something with his pack. Does he really? Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure reports came out like today or yesterday. Looking at the yesterday. injury report right now, he is listed as questionable for his shoulder after practice today as well. And then Deontay Johnson, their number one, isn't probably going to start this week. He yep. hasn't practiced up until Wednesday, and he's got about 100 hours until kickoff. That's another concern. I think it'll be a close game. Not only Vegas has it, but I think it'll end up being a close game. I do see an opportunity for the Bengals to upset. Uh, what about you? Um, I do see the opportunity for the Bengals to make an upset. They've had moments where they look very well this year, and they've had moments where they look like the Bengals of the last four or five years. And I think if they were able to actually compete and put a little bit of a statement into this game, they can scare everyone in the division a little more and actually make it look like they could have legitimately four playoff-worthy teams in that division. Yeah, I, I have been saying that, and if that's going to happen, I guess both these teams really need to be better. So we're going to get one winner. I think we almost all have it, the Steelers, though, except Mason. Yep. We all have a pretty close game. I have it 23-17 Steelers. Mason has it 17-14 Bengals. Logan 27-17 Steelers. Mitch 21-14. Chris 24-21. Mac 28-24. And Joel 17-10. All in the favor of the Steelers. Like I said, they're all one or two score game. I think it'll be a close game. Uh, a sleeper. If you don't have a team playing in this slate, I would. It could be an interesting game. game for sure to watch. That Cincinnati money line's kind of juicy. I do have the Steelers winning, but like, if you were to bet on it, I think this is. This I could see bet. them winning. Yeah. I could see them winning. Maybe the spread too. I don't know. It'll it'll be interesting. But with that, you can take this one. All righty, and the next one is the Cardinals at the awesome Jacksonville Jaguars with the money line at, for Arizona at negative 360 and Jacksonville plus 285 with the spread being negative 7 for the Cardinals. This is not really going to be a good contest realistically, but I just pray that Trevor Lawrence can improve on his performances from these first two weeks. He hasn't really been putting up the craziest stats in the world, but also neither has really any rookie quarterback other than Mac Jones throwing one touchdown, no pick so far this season. Everyone's been making a lot of turnovers for rookies. While he's had four touchdowns and five interceptions through his first two games, I just hope that he'll be able to clean it up. But this defense probably isn't really the one that he's going to be able to do it against. No, Kyler has looked disgusting in his last in his last two games. I mean, even from a fantasy fantasy standpoint, thirty five to forty points per game, both games, 
seven total touchdowns, three interceptions, and I'm pretty sure he has one or two on the ground as well. I think he has two on the ground, yeah. He he looks insane right now. He's probably my MVP front runner given it's the first two weeks, but the Cardinals are for real, and I think this will obviously probably be an easy game for them. They'll probably end up going 3-0 and right now in a hard division too, let alone. So even getting these one or two game uh, – these are the games you have yeah. to have. These easy gimmies that people expect them to be gimmies with the non-conference games where you go to these places like Jacksonville, for example, or even when you went to Tennessee and you blow them out of the water, you're proving something to the rest of the league that we're better, we're here. When you get Chandler Jones back from last year and adding J.J. Watt, it shows that you guys are a more complete real team where Cliff Kingsbury's always been kind of shit on for his defenses. Yeah, Logan, I uh, I hate to say it, but when rumors are coming out after week one, week two, that you know a lot of teams are thinking that Urban Meyer is going to be one and done in the NFL. Oh yeah, I agreed with a, with a hundred percent. I I absolutely hate Urban Meyer. I actually told everyone around me that Urban Meyer was the worst hire of the offseason, hands down. It's just yeah, it's just not where uh not where you want your team's uh team to be looking at. I mean, it's very it's very hard to watch sometimes about uh, how how poorly that just got handled and. Having Urban Meyer be the head coach for right now is just very, very, very tough. So oh, I hate yeah. to say it. He's treating professionals like kids still. It's also super detrimental to Trevor uh, Lawrence's ability and potential. Oh, yeah. It's detrimental to his development through the pl- through the pros for sure. But I hope hope that they can turn it around and that Urban Meyer can prove us wrong. But I give that a 10, 5% chance at this point. Enough shitting on the Jags. We'll, we'll, it'll happen usually every week. So it's like... It's we'll like just stop right now. Simmer, simmer. And we'll just go through the scores. Oh, oh it's very like, lopsided. I'm not even going to name all the scores, but all I'm saying is that the Cardinals will probably have somewhere between 30. I'll just say Mitch is the only one that has them under 30, and I'm the only one that has them scoring over 20 for yeah, the Jags. For the, I gave you 21. I okay, gave you 21. okay, you did give me 21. couple there. garbage time touchdowns. That's how, like, the Lions. That's, how it, worked, that's how it worked when they played the Texans, too. 37-21. We were actually down 37-7. to But other than that, <laughs> that's the last game that wraps up the early afternoon games. Uh, there's a couple, uh, I'd say, like, three or four really good games if you don't have teams playing in that, or obviously you're just going to watch for fantasy. This ain't one of them, but we'll just go to the next game, the first late afternoon game, Jets at Broncos. With the money line being minus 650 for the Denver Broncos and plus 450 for the Jets, the spread is also pretty crazy at 10.5 for Denver. Again, just like I said, the spread's crazy. Call me crazy. I'm going Jets on the spread. You're crazy. Why? You're you're nuts. Tell me. All right. You are to Peyton Manning, right? Set the rookie interception record yeah. at 28. Yeah. Right now, Zach Wilson's on pace to throw 42.5 interceptions. Is he going to do that, I'm though? probably the worst team in the NFL. It's going to be a dogfight between him and Trevor Lawrence as to who plays worse to see who gets the number one draft pick this year. Because for some reason, Houston has like tried to play football, and they don't look like terrible. Well, they've always had a good system. Yeah, sure. But they don't sure. look terrible. Yeah. The Jets look terrible. Zach Wilson looks awful. Trevor Lawrence hasn't looked that great. I like James Robinson, and I like LaVisca Chenault. But outside no, of that, no. it's going to be a dogfight for the number one pick again, just like it was last year. Okay. And one of them's going to accidentally lose a game or win a game. You can't tell me the Broncos are a good team, two. though. Their defenses look really good. Are they a good team, though? Are you going to see them in the Teddy playoffs? Teddy Bridgewater's look good. No, you're not going to see them in the playoffs. So, so their division's So you would hell. say they're not that good of a team, right? I don't think they're a good team in that division. 
I think if or they in were, general, if, if they were in the, the NFC East, they might be a decent team. They ain't beating the Cowboys or the Eagles, but we're not going to get into that. And they who'd they play? Who'd the Broncos play to win? They beat the Giants. Yeah, on a field goal. Okay, and then who'd they play last week? Oh, right, the Jaguars. Wow, they've played hard games, haven't they? Zach Wilson is terrible. Okay, you can keep saying that. I'm going to keep saying it. I'm going to scream it from the rooftops. Call me crazy. I'm betting the spread here on the parlay. That's going to be the second leg of the parlay. If you want to go crazy, go money line. That plus 450 is going to look great in your bank accounts when the Jets win this game. That's why I got the game 21-17. I'm going with my Jets. I love Zach Wilson. He's my favorite quarterback in the rookie class. Actually, fun fact. Crazy. He's going to take one. He's going to take one from him. Mason has a 24-14 Broncos. Logan, 24-17 Broncos. Mitch, 21-14. Chris, 21-3. Mac, 28-3. And Joel, 23-13. All obviously in the favor of the Broncos. I'm the only odd one out. But, again, I'm getting the game up on the standings with the pickums too. I will say, though, for how big of a Patriots fan I know that Andrew is, for him to be this loving of the Jets is unreal. And, Mac, I would be a little concerned about how high you're on the Broncos. I've never seen Andrew once in my entire life talk about this highly of the Jets ever, and this is coming from a diehard Patriots fan. I'm not high on the Broncos. I'm just that unbelievably low on the Jets. Well, well, well I guess we'll see. That low. We'll see. I, you saw who they played. The Giants and, and the Jags. We're talking about two top five draft pick come April. Forty-two and a half interceptions. That's not happening. He's oh. going. He's going three touchdowns. Probably two picks, but he's going three touchdowns. They're winning this. I'll game. give you three touchdowns, and but I'll have to add four picks. No, he, they're winning this game. We'll talk about this on Monday show when I'm right. But other than that, we'll just go to the next game. Dolphins at Raiders. Raiders. Before I go into the spreads, I just want to shout out the Raiders. Surprised me. I thought they were hell of a team so far this year. Yeah. So the money line's minus two ten for the Raiders as of this afternoon, and Miami's plus one seventy five. I think that might have changed, judging that the news that Tua won't be able to play this game. And then the spread is minus four for the Raiders. Probably again different now that Tua's out. But with Tua, I honestly have the Dolphins winning this game. But he ain't there. So I think the Raiders are just going to cakewalk. Derek Carr looks insane. Well, how do you feel about that? Yeah, Derek Carr is looking like the MVP looking of Derek Carr back in 2016 before he got injured that year. Um, him and Waller have been able to connect very well this year, and it definitely will affect the Dolphins having Tua be out this game because Jacoby Brissett is not – a very good replacement to have over your, your starting quarterback and their defense at times has looked good but also at times it's also shambled and fallen apart because they've been good against the run but they don't need to be good against the run with the Raiders they need to be good at defending someone like Darren Waller and Jerome Baker was a little shaken up after last game who would be guarding Darren Waller the best that could be a little scary yeah I do have the Raiders 3-0 and but something I just came about so we're going to look at that, right? Say Broncos beat the Jets, Raiders beat Miami. You have two teams in that division, 3-0. and And it's not the two teams you would ever guess it would be. And if you think about it, you think the Raiders are for real? Because I think come, come playoff time, I think those two teams, the Chargers and the Chiefs, are bouncing them. Really? 
Yeah, I just it's gonna be it's it's a weird thing. I know I know Joel's squirming to talk right now because he loves the Raiders. I I know that Mac, you're obviously high in the Broncos for some fucking reason when they played three trash teams. Whatever, the Chiefs are obviously gonna beat them, right? Right. We'll think about that, Chiefs. Right. Beating who? Raiders. Oh. I mean, and the Raiders year. have been kind of their kryptonite last year. Last year they lost on the on a game-winning touchdown right at the end of the game, and then they actually lost it on the second game. Okay, end of the year, though. Who's who's top of the division? That's what the I meant. Le- le- week 16 last year, the Raiders did beat the Chiefs. Yeah, but not division-wise. Oh, yeah, division-wise. I, mean, yeah. I think, if anything, it'll be the Chargers and Chiefs. They'll be vying for it, but I think the Chargers will go in as a wild card. And it'll probably be the Chiefs at the top, per usual. Yeah, I... I I haven't I'm not sold to the Raiders yet. If they snap off an undefeated September, I'll look back at them and kind of page over and see see what I'll think about them. But right now, I'm sorry, Raiders fans. You y'all be good teams though. I mean, think about it: Ravens, Steelers, and now they're gonna play Dolphins. Good teams. Oh yeah, really solid teams. Like, th- these are teams. real real wins right here. These are the wins that actually people can look at and be like, you know what? <laughs> Bravo, you did it. Yeah, Derek Carr's also looked. Absolutely insane. Amazing. Weirdly, weirdly enough, with Henry Ruggs as your number one wide receiver on that team, too, it's kind of crazy. You don't really expect this much production, but, hey, if Derek Carr keeps doing this. Hey, he's averaging 410 yards a game Exactly. Right he, he can sell me to the team. Not Right now I'm not, but I will be sold to this win. I think all of us did pick the Raiders. I've had him 24-13, Mason 28-14, Logan 24-10, Chris 27-24, Mitch 24-14, Mac 24-7, and Joel 28-24. All in the Raiders' favor, like we said. With Tua out, being out, it's going to be hard for Jacoby Brissett to really get that offensive going. I will say, shout out Will Fuller, he is back this week. So they do got all three of their weapons, Devontae Parker, Jalen Waddle, and Will Fuller, the fifth, if we want to be technical. He's back. I think it's the fifth. I'm pretty sure it's the I, fifth. I think it's the fifth. Yeah. And then that's all I really say. You got anything else to say about that game? Nah, other than that, it's basically just you think we can see the Raiders get the 3-0. and And, you know, with Tua out of that game, it's going to be tough. But I will laugh if the Raiders lose this, and same with the Broncos, to the Jets and the Tua-less, Tua-less Dolphins. That'll be pretty funny, and I think that'll draw a line in the sand. Like, oh, these they're fake. <laughs> like they usually come out to be. But, again, prove me wrong, Raiders. Next game, though, game of the week. It's my game of the week, but I think in retrospect, it's like the game of the week for the whole week. We got the Bucks at the Rams, both 2-0 teams. Money line minus 125 for Tampa Bay, plus 105 for the Rams, and the spread only being 1.5 in Tampa Bay's favor. This is the best. This is my, personally, this is my NFC championship game, and I think it's pretty sick we're seeing it in week three right now. Oh, I think this game is going to be... I think it's going to be a good game. I mean, a spread of minus one and a half for Tampa Bay. That seems, I, I don't know. I like the Bucks in this game, but I that's that's really tight. I think you can take that either way. And I really like the NFC West this year. I think all four of those teams are playoff contenders, with the 49ers being the one iffy one for me, just because their offense I think is by far the worst in that division. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Rams take this one. And I agree with Andrew. I think this is probably my pick for the NFC Championship game this year. Yeah, I definitely agree with Andrew. I mean, Mac and I both being diehard Packer fans, it pains me to say, but seeing 
Tom Brady in another NFC Championship game, especially against the team that the Packers beat last year in the Rams, but they both have looked so good. Matthew Stafford in a new uniform in the Rams has just looked exceeded expectations uh, for me up until this point. And it's it'll be a really, really interesting game. It'll be interesting to see if both offenses go up to their potential. I know that um, Antonio Brown, I think, just got put on the COVID list. So it's one less weapon for, for Tom Brady to throw to. But that offense has been so stacked, so electric. I it, It'd be tough, really tough to slow this team down. But there's one defense that can do it. I would put I'd put money on the Rams. It'd be the one team that can finally slow this Bucks team down. I think the Rams, too. They've been good for a few years now, obviously. And I think the one thing they were really missing was a quarterback. I don't love their running backs either, but I think Matthew Stafford is a huge improvement over Jared Goff. Like, significantly, I've always been a Stafford fan. Watching him play the Packers twice a year, I mean, he's just got an absolute cannon. So I think that there's a good chance that the Rams take this one. You don't have the Rams winning, though. No, I don't. <laughs> but I think they can. They I'm not, I'm not going to bet against. I mean, just like I'm not gonna the Broncos bet against can Brady. lose against the Jets. No, they could. I guess the Rams could win against the Bucs. I guess they could. But I see it. I already see it in my head right now. We got Joe Buck, Troy Aikman on the Fox, or maybe Romo and Nance, depending on what it is. It's going to go down the last drive of the game. I think it's, you're talking about two really good football teams. And at when you're this good, it really doesn't depend on talent. It's more how you execute your game plan and your performance. And I think both teams have a really – Really good system to do that, especially with Tom Brady and now the Matt Stafford with the Rams. I mean, Cooper Cup's been the best wide receiver last two weeks in NFL football. No one would have ever guessed that. But shout out Cooper Cup. It'll be a close game, but I personally have a 27-23 Buccaneers. Mason has a 31-21 Buccaneers. Logan and Mitch both go Rams with the 28-27 and Logan, and then Mitch 24-21. Chris 35-28. Buccaneers, Mac 24-17, Buccaneers, and Joel 28-21, Rams. Looking back at it, besides Mason, everyone's a one-score game. Like, we all know this is going to be a close game, and I think it's going to be really, really good football. This is definitely the one game I'm going to sit and watch the entire game. Like, not even put red zone. This is just, again, we're going to see probably see this matchup come January. And moving on to our next game of the afternoon slate, we have the Seahawks at the Vikings with the money line opening up right now for the Seahawks at negative 125 and Minnesota at plus 105. And the spread is negative one and a half for Seattle. Talk about a close game game for odds in Vegas. Yeah, I think Vegas and like me as well should have or knew the Vikings should have won that game last week. But yeah, I think... Unlike last week, I think the Vikings are actually going to upset the NFC West team. And just like Joel said about the Chiefs, I think the Seahawks are going to kind of have that back-to-back losses in panic mode, but probably still end up being good at the end. But I think this is the week. The Vikings need to win. They're 0-2. You mean 0-3? 0-2. Oh, wait, because they lost last week? Yeah, they're 0-2. Yeah, they, they are 0-2. I thought you said if they lose this week, they'd be 0-2. No, no. Okay. Yeah, no. They yeah. need a win. They do need a win at being 0-2, and I agree. I think that everyone would panic with the Seahawks if they lost went 1-2, and two, and people would be like, oh, it's Russ cooking. If they lose this game, I see it being a high-scoring game. I don't see it being a low-scoring game. I think Russ will cook. It just depends that if that defense will be able to stop Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, who hasn't really had a crazy game yet this year. 
Adam Thielen's been stealing the show there entirely. No, no, yeah, you're right there, but the Vikings' offense as a whole has looked pretty good. I mean, Dalvin Dave Cook's very competent. Yeah, Dalvin Cook's been doing Dalvin Cook things, and I mean, it's not Justin Jefferson putting up 100 yards. It's like KJ Osborne or Adam Thielen. Like weird, they're all getting involved. Kirk Cousins doesn't look terrible, and a Seattle defense that's kind of shaky at times. I mean, you saw what they choked to the Titans last week. I think the Vikings are actually going to do it. That's why, personally, I have it 31-28 Vikings. Yeah, and that is why I also have it scored in the Vikings' favor. I have it at 27-21 Vikings. Mason, as well, has it 24-21. Mitch has it the Seahawks' way at 21-17. Chris has it for the Seahawks as well at 31-24. Mac and Joel both have it for the Seahawks as well. 34-28 and 31-28. So really, it's just me, you, and Mason picking the Vikings there. Yeah, it's almost 50-50. I mean, we only have seven, but three out of sevens. It's an upset pick for sure. If, oh, I don't know, kind of debating adding that to the parlay. I, I like that pick for the parlay. Yeah, I did it last week and kind of screwed me, but I don't know. I, I'm kind of confident in the Vikings. They haven't looked terrible. Their offense looked good. It's just their defense got to wake up. Oh, I don't think they'll fool us, though. I mean, the Eagles fooled us those first two weeks, but I, I don't see the Vikings biting us in the butt like that again. Yeah, and then that wraps up all the afternoon games for Sunday. You got a pretty good slate, and the primetime games, Monday and Sunday night, are pretty good as well. They're going to keep on coming with the Packers at the Niners for your Sunday night game. San Francisco's actually favored 180, Green Bay plus one. Uh, 155 and the spread's three and a half for San Francisco. I'm not a diehard Packer fan, so I'd like to kind of see what you guys have to say about this. If you guys want to weigh in, I'm just confused. Why are they underdogs? The only reason I see them being underdogs is the fact that the 49ers has had their number for the last couple years and that it's a home game. Other than that, I don't know why it's an underdog game, especially with them having as many injuries as they do already this year. Yeah, I uh, I definitely still have nightmares to this day of Colin Kaepernick running over Eric Weddle or not Eric Weddle. Uh, I don't know, ninety three for the Packers, long haired outside linebacker. Eric anyway, Walden. yeah, Eric Walden. Thank you, Mason. Uh, but uh, it, I still have nightmares about Packer Forty Nine ers games to this day. And anytime I see the Niners on the schedule, it makes me so nervous. And even though the Packers overall offense looks better, it's just every single time the Niners are on the schedule, I get scared. I don't know why. And they might be the underdogs in this game. I like the Packers covering with it being three and a half in San Francisco's favor. But I don't know. Niners are scary every single time. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of this game as a Packer fan. Like Joel said, Colin Kaepernick gives me nightmares still. And I don't know. It just seems like every time we play the 49ers, no matter who their quarterback is, no matter what weapons they have, that they find a way to score and score a lot on us. And the way the Packers' defense has looked this year, even with the 49ers not having, like, a solid lead back, or I guess are, I guess they're using running back by committee. They don't really have a running back at all. That scares me even more because it seems like that would be the way that the Packers lose is giving up 300 yards on the ground to four guys you've never heard of before. Yeah, uh, the Packers are really good at also making quarterbacks look like MVP candidates. So it would not surprise me if all of a sudden Jimmy Garoppolo threw for 400 yards and five touchdowns to no picks, just like how they did to Jameis Winston in week one. But with all that still being said, I'm still picking the Packers this week. I can't go against them. They looked good against the Lions last week. I'm pretty sure the Saints game was just a fluke. I'm back on the, the Packers train. 
Um, I'm looking for big things, but I, I can't see them losing this game. But like I said, it's scary. I still get nightmares, but nothing, nothing the Niners have done have convinced me that they're going to beat Green Bay. I will say, looking at the source, I do respect. I mean, that five out of seven, besides me and Logan, are all Packer fans. All the games are pretty damn close. So I guess Packer fans do really kind of have that uh, little scare. They're going to hide in the corner. They're kind of scared of the Niners. Maybe. But uh, personally, I think it'll also be a close game, like Joel said and what Mac was saying. I, the Green Bay does love to make random quarterbacks or random running backs just look insane for that week. It'll be interesting. I know the Niners talent-wise isn't all there, but Kyle Shanahan's a really, really good coach, which is, I'd say, 75% of the reason they're always in the games like this and always beat the Packers when it comes down to it. But looking back on scores, like I said, a lot of it's close. I have a 24-20 Packers. Mason has it 21-17 Green Bay. Or not Green Bay. Let me take that back. San Francisco. I'm very surprised. Yeah, but we've also heard him say that they're a dog shit team when we've been watching football because he is the most lopsided fan. He's either all in or all out. And yeah, it's kind of an annoying to listen to when you're watching football every Sunday when he's like, bro, fuck the Packers, man. This happens every single year, bro. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just surprised. I feel like he would pick the Packers, kind of seeing what Aaron Rodgers did last week. Especially because he's on his fantasy team, too. Especially because he's on his fantasy team. But, yeah, he had it San Francisco. He's the only one that picked that. You had it 28-20, Green Bay. Mitch had it 28-24. Chris, 28-14. Mac, 31-27. And Joel, 28-17. All in the favor of the Packers. Granted, they might even be hometown picks or not, but it's going to be a close game nonetheless. Yeah, it still will be a close game nonetheless. The only thing I'm scared about is the first game Raheem Mostert really popped out was against the Packers in the playoffs where he had like 200-something all-purpose yards there, and I'm just wondering what what running back will it be this time. I'm going Trey Sermon maybe. Is he playing? If he plays. If, if he not, plays. Elijah Mitchell probably. They're what both questionable. What if Trey? What if Garoppolo goes out with like a shoulder injury, out for the rest of the game, like first or second drive? Trey Lance comes in, throws three tutties and one on the ground. You guys lose. If Garoppolo goes out, no matter what time of the game Trey Lance comes in, he will have probably four hundred yards and four touchdowns. It could be garbage I, time. Dude. We could be up forty-five to ten, and Garoppolo goes down, and all of a sudden it's going to be like a forty-five thirty-eight game. Just how she goes here in Green Bay. Yeah, I mean, at least it's a game that it's something to look forward to, even if you're not a fan of either teams. It's just really good football teams playing against each other on prime time. Speaking of prime time, we're going to go to the Monday night game, which wraps up week three. Eagles at Cowboys, another divisional matchup. I, I got it pretty close. I had a tough time with this one personally. Uh, I like both teams a lot at this point so far. The Eagles have shown they have a little bit better defense than last year, and they've also been able to look competent. More often than not on offense, they were a little inconsistent last week after their thropping of the Falcons in week one. But you can say the exact same things about the Cowboys, except for the fact that they were a field goal away from being the reigning Super Bowl champs. Yeah, I think personally we said the Eagles have good defense, but they really haven't been tested if you think about it. That is true. The Falcons week one and then the 49ers with their fourth string running back and a heavy run attack week I mean, that's the same thing we're saying for the Packers that we think could get scared this week. It could, but I don't – the Eagles haven't faced a high-power offense 
like the Cowboys, when you can run it or pass it over anyone's heads at any time. I think it'll be a very close game. I'm a big Eagles guy because I really do like Jalen Hurts this year, but I don't think the Cowboys are going to lose this game, even with or without Amari, which Amari Cooper being out kind of scares me, but you got to remember, oh, they have C.D. Lamb. Oh, they have C.D. Lamb. Oh, they have Ezekiel Elliott. Oh, they have, like, Blake Jarwin and that, what, Logan Schultz, I think is his name. Dalton. Like, Dalton. They're not, like, they have weapons. And Tony Pollard, yeah. let's shout out, who did yeah. better than Zeke last week. Like, exactly. They have weapons. If Amari Cooper doesn't play, they shouldn't be too worried, especially against an Eagles team that's looked good this year, but on paper they're not actually that good. Personally, another question is, like, if is Hurts going to bounce back? And I think he will. I don't think they're going to win. I think he'll still have a good game, though. To I agree. It. He didn't really have a bad game last week. Like, he didn't have any turnovers at all. He just wasn't able to get the ball in the end zone, only having one rushing touchdown, no passing. So that's the only really downside of him is that you still will have a decent turnover ratio compared to what he scores the ground and through the air. He is a overall very efficient player, the games he has started and played, and I think he'll keep that up. It just depends if the A if the Eagles will be able to stop that offense. Yeah, I mean, looking at the scores, it's kind of a toss-up. Uh, a couple of people took the Eagles, majority Cowboys, but we all have it a pretty close game. I have it 27-23 Cowboys. Mason has it 28-21 Eagles. Logan has it 31-28 Cowboys. Mitch, 24-20 Eagles. Chris, 35-17 Cowboys. Mac, 31-24 Cowboys. And Joel, 30-20 Cowboys winning that game I mean we all have it a pretty close game I think again it's another primetime game that's a pretty good football to get you through your shitty week so for that that'll wrap up week three in the games and the game slate so now let's just get into some of our fantasy talk for this week first let's just start out with our fantasy standouts this week my first pick is TJ Hawkinson versus the Ravens they are ranked last in the league against tight ends so far this year in fantasy scoring and tj hawkinson hasn't had lower than nine targets per game and lower than seven receptions a game i see him having the same exact game as he has the first two weeks this year putting up at least 20 points this week i could see him probably with 25 closer to with having 98 catches and a touchdown i could definitely see that being reasonable against the Ravens. My second pick for a fantasy standout was slightly mentioned earlier. It is Austin Eckler versus the Chiefs. The Chiefs are ranked 27th this year against running backs and fantasy scoring so far, and Austin Eckler is coming off a game where he had nine targets for nine catches and 81 yards, plus also having only 12 rushes for about, I think it was in the mid-50s. So he didn't really have a crazy game. He wasn't able to get in the end zone. But once he starts to get more of that rushing volume along with that passing volume that's normal I think for sure he could break out against a Chiefs team that well they'll have to keep up with and he can be that guy out of the backfield that they pass to stand out for the week my first one I'm going with is Russ against the Vikings I am all aboard the let Russ cook train until about week six of the year uh he has six touchdowns and no picks in his first two games uh his quarterback rating is 146.9 which is insane. And the Vikings defense, they've been shaky. Not great, not terrible, but Lockett's been unstoppable for the first two weeks, and I think Metcalf has to step up a little bit for them to win games, and I think if he does, that'll just make Russ even better. My second pick for uh, fantasy standout, I'm not as high on this one as I am on Russ, 
but Kenyon Drake against the Dolphins. Josh Jacobs was hurt last week, and playing the Dolphins with no Tua, I expect the Raiders to win and win big, which means they should be running the ball a lot, and hopefully they can get Josh Jacobs rest, which would mean that Kenyon Drake would have an even bigger part of that offense. And he played well last week without Jacobs in the lineup, so I don't see a reason that Kenyon Drake won't go off in fantasy this week. Yeah, and going back to Josh Jacobs, he did not practice today. And again, that's like 100 hours till kickoff. And he, Gruden said himself, he is very questionable for the week three game. So that sells you more on Kenyon Drake. He might get even more carries. And with my standout, I got CD versus the Eagles. If you got CD Lamb in your lineup, you're obviously going to start him. But expect wide receiver number one numbers from him, especially with Amari Cooper. If Amari Cooper is out and he hasn't practiced the last two days as well, Going back to CeeDee Lamb, you're talking about a guy who had 15 targets in his first in his first week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and that's with a full-powered offense, Gallup, Zeke, two tight ends, and Amari Cooper. Put up 104 in a touchdown, and then last week he had eight receptions on nine targets for 81 yards. He is a high-volume player with targets and yards, and it's only going to go up, especially when it, he'll be in a highly contested game against the Eagles. It'll be a back-and-forth game, and I think CD is going to explode this week. Oh, I love to hear that, as I am an owner of CD in our big money league. Yeah, no, he he's a guaranteed start. I think he's just going to blow up. The matchup's perfect. Amari, being, Amari and Michael Gallup being out only it, it helps look him. Better. It no. couldn't look better for him. He's going to go crazy. And with that, we'll get to Joel's fantasy standouts. Yeah, so my standouts for this week, um, it's going to be Chris Godwin versus the Rams. Now, on paper, it might not look great because, you know, the Rams got Jalen Ramsey, one of the best lockdown corners in the game, but he does only play one side of the field. And Chris Godwin can line up anywhere on that offense. And without Antonio Brown likely going to be there, just getting placed on the COVID list, uh, I believe earlier today as we're recording this, I'm expecting uh, big things from Chris Godwin. Um, he'll be Brady's number one target. And unless the Bucks do their classic where they're throwing the ball on the one-yard line where Mike Evans gets one reception for one yard and one touchdown fantasy week, I'm expecting big things from Chris Godwin. And that's where I'm at with him. Man, you guys make me feel so good. Want to know who my wide receiver two is? Chris Godwin. Thank you for boosting my self-esteem, you two, this week. Oh, anything for you, Logan. And my uh, number two pick for the week is piggybacking off of Mac a little bit. I got Metcalf versus the Vikings. Um, I'm still on the let Russ Cook train for a little bit, just as Mason stated earlier. Um, and... Every single week, it's either going to be Lockett or Metcalf that goes off for the Seahawks offense. It's been Lockett these first two weeks, and I think Metcalf is due. He's No one in that Vikings secondary, I think, is close to athletic or fast enough to come even close to any of those receivers, and I think Metcalf's going to get deep, big. The Vikings got Harrison Smith in the secondary. He's getting old. He's not going to have the speed that he once was. He's a good tackler, a good hitter, but I'm expecting a lot from Metcalf this week, and I'm expecting him to put up close to 200 yards. That's my bold prediction of this podcast. 200 yards from Metcalf. He does it once or twice a year. It's coming against the Vikings. Really? The secondary is rough. Metcalf, 200 yards. Put it down. This wow. this could be the game to see him do it early wow. enough in the year to let Russ cook and a pretty shitty defense. So, well, I should say secondary. So I could see it, but it's a stretch. I can no, see it, though. I, I like it. I like it. I like getting bold. I can see the same thing with CD, too, honestly. Amari Cooper doesn't play. 180 at least. Oh, yeah. He, he'll definitely for. be in 15 targets yeah. again like week one for I mean, sure. Both of them are going to pop off. But 
You got your standouts, obviously, and then you're going to get your bums. Yep. We got some fantasy bums to give to you. So let's move on to our fantasy bums. My first person on the fantasy bum list would be Debo Samuel versus the Green Bay Packers. I could easily put Brandon Ayuk on here, but it'd be nothing new for him this season, so that's not even fair. So I might as well put Debo Samuel, who is the one that plays on the outside more, as which the Jair Alexander, top three, top five cornerback in the league, who shut down multiple top wide oh who have they played this year even i guess not really top wide receivers actually never mind he's played just the lions and uh in week one it was the saints with marquise calloway number one anyways um i don't see debo samuel doing the seven receptions for 187 yards two touchdowns here like uh Jair Alexander does not let up plays like that. Unless he's playing Kevin King, I don't see Debo Samuel having a very big game here at all. Yeah, uh, Jair Alexander is one of my favorite players in the NFL. Is the only jersey that I currently own for an NFL jersey. Big Jair Alexander guy. And every single time a team throws the ball of him watching a Packer game, it's incomplete nearly every single time. Oh, yeah, you don't have to worry at all. Nah, don't, no, don't throw at Jair. It's my number one advice for any NFL quarterback. Just don't throw at Jair. He's still a bum, though. Patriots got two cornerbacks better than Jair, but we're not going to get into that. Well, let's let's just not get into this anyways. Jair isn't our bum of the week. It's Debo. Anyways, now on to my second bum of the week would be Tyler Higby versus Tampa Bay defense. After putting up, I believe it was 11, a point, 11 points in week one, he was able to get one catch for nine yards last week, and I don't see it getting any better for him having to go up against Devin White and Levante David in week three here. Those are two top ten past defending middle linebackers in the league and I don't see him being able to get very open against them I think they'll be relying more on their outside threats of Cooper Cup and Robert Woods in this game all right my bum of the week is Antonio Gibson against the Buffalo Bills Andrew's shaking his head at me because of his fantasy team but I like the Bills D they held Najee to 45 yards on the ground against the Steelers they held the entire Dolphins team to 71 yards on the ground in a 35-0 blowout he hasn't been great so far this year I think he's the number 32 running back in fantasy right now he had 11.8 points in week one and 9.3 in week two for PPR and McKissick had what 20.3 last week I think Mm -hmm. for PPR and I like McKissick a lot I think he was good last year I have him on a couple of my teams this year as a kind of safety net in case Gibson gets hurt I can just put him into my lineup because I like him a lot and I just I don't see it I don't see it this week I like the Bills defense and Andrew seems to be very upset with me on the other side of the table I'm upset but I can't disagree because I kind of fell in that pit where Antonio Gibson is just he's there I don't really expect much from him right now but I just hope he's going to turn up I can't make the mistake like last season I traded him away for Nikhil Harry and lost the league. Yeah, I want to say two things about Antonio Gibson. I was the person he in fact traded Antonio Brown or Antonio Gibson for Nikhil Harry to. Best trade I've ever made in my life. Second thing, Andrew told us the week before the draft, everyone that's in, in our draft knows this, that was sitting with us. Anyone that drafts Antonio Brown is guaranteed to lose the league this year. Gibson. And sh- I am retarded. Aren't I? <laughs> well, well, regardless, I drafted both of them. You so. did draft both of them. Andrew said anyone that drafts Antonio Gibson is guaranteed to lose the league this year. And sure as shit, second round, dude takes him. 
Guaranteed to lose the league. It's called mental warfare. If you know you've been in fantasy, you talk shit about a player and take it. No, jokes aside, I didn't expect to get him, but hey, we're riding with the wave. I don't mind the pick, and I want him to be good. I like him, and I like the football team, and I hope they keep the name, but I, he's a bum. For, for now, this week. For, for this now. week. For this week. You know who also is a bum that was probably your top five pick in the fantasy? Saquon. Alvin Kamara. And you could put Saquon in this, but I'm going to talk about Alvin Kamara. He plays at New England. Talk about a dude who's had a rough start. Well, how many yards does he have? 85? 88 rushing yards in two games. Hasn't been gotten going at all. Passing game, he's been uh, average at best. But he hasn't got it going at all this season, and he's faced the Panthers, which you kind of want to see him do better than eight carries, five yards, no receptions. Or actually four receptions, my bad. Or Green Bay, I mean, granted, he did have 20 carries for 83 yards and three catches for eight yards and a touchdown, but it's not something you want to look – it's not something you want to – I don't know how to explain it. Really. I would say seven receptions for 33 yards from Kamara through two weeks, especially against a bad Packers defense. I don't think that's very good. I'd expect a lot more from him, especially after last season. Yeah, I don't think you're going to see that, especially this week against New England. I think he's prime, he's primed to bounce back the week after that when he's playing at home against the Giants. But for this week, you're going to start him because he was your number one pick, your first-round draft pick. But I wouldn't be surprised if he goes about 12 points or under. And for that, we'll go to Joel with his two fantasy bums of the week. So my two fantasy bums of the week, um, I'll keep it simple with this first. I think a pretty obvious pick. It's Joe Mixon against the Steelers. I mean, if you've watched football for the past 10 years, the Steelers have always had one of the best defenses in the NFL. A rivalry game against the Bengals that has been really heated, uh, especially these fast, past couple of years. I expect it to be low scoring, and I don't expect either team to get the run game going very well. I expect another game where Najee might struggle as well, but especially Joe Mixon. I mean, everyone knows that guy, Joe Mixon. He's going into like the third fourth round you're looking for that rb2 and you're hoping for joe mixon to have like the year he did in 2018 2019 somewhere in that range and it's it's not going to happen against the steelers they have seen north division's tough but expecting very little from joe mixon this week and then my other sleeper will be brandon cooks which really pains me to say because brandon cooks been a pleasant surprise i think for most people outside of myself because i was so high on him at the beginning of the year he's the number one receiver he gets so much volume in houston and with Tyrod Taylor going out with injury, it pains me to say that I think he's going to be a fantasy bomb of the week. I actually am starting, I'm benching Brandon Cooks this week, and I'm actually going to start Sterling Shepard, who I picked up off the waiver wire. I'm excited about that. But Brandon Cooks is just not going to get the same same amount of receptions this week against a Carolina defense that saw J.C. Horn play really well last week, a rookie out of Carolina, got his first pick. Shout out to him. And not not expecting great things. It'll be... A tough one. I think the Texans are going to lose pretty badly to Carolina, as we explained earlier. And that's all I really got to say. I'm Brandon Cooks, payment to say, but you're my you're my bum for this week. Now I understand why you've been praying around the house trying to get somebody to trade <laughs> something for you for Brandon Cooks because I didn't know Tyrod was on IR until tonight, and that explains it, you little rat. Well, you you always just got to you know go for the market of who's there. He's had back to back twenty week twenty point week performances. I have a lot of depth on my team. If you want Brandon Cooks, maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong about Brandon Cooks. Maybe maybe David Mills and next Patrick Mahomes. You never you never know what happens. He's not wrong. And maybe the Jets will beat the Broncos. <laughs> no, they will. And then we actually have a fantasy sleeper. 
that Joel wants to get into as well. Ah, yes. Fantasy sleeper, Danny freaking Dimes. Danny Dimes, if you're one of those guys that took a QB late, maybe a Ryan Tannehill that hasn't performed well, maybe you got Justin Herbert like myself who hasn't been great. If you're looking for a fantasy QB plug-and-play this week, please go Danny Dimes. If you expected him to be the third leading rushing for QBs up to this point, I would have called you crazy at the beginning of the year. Third in rushing, he has ran for nearly 100 yards last week, and fantasy yards for rushing yards for QBs are so much. In our league, he's ranked as the fourth-best quarterback right now, and he's still sitting on waivers. I'm tempted to pick him up and start him over Justin Herbert. I'm not going to do it, but if you're one of those guys that is looking for a QB, maybe you had someone that has been performing well. I'm saying if you're a guy that had like Ryan Tannehill who hasn't played that well, or you had a guy maybe even close to Matthew Stafford who has been good on-field but fantasy-wise hasn't been the best, or maybe even a Jalen Hurts who's kind of in a similar role, go Danny Dimes this week. He won't let you down. Ballsy. That's all I'm going to say is hey, ballsy. I, I, I'm not going to back it up at all. I'm just going to uh, say bold. I'm a, it's, it's out there. For everyone that wants it, it's out there. I don't like it. But that'll wrap up the standouts and the bums and a special edition sleeper. And then for the next segment, we kind of want to get into some players you should sell high on or buy low. And I'm just going to start off. If you need a running back and you're struggling to get a running back for cheap, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Talk about a fantasy dud. Dude's averaging – let me pull it up real quick. Five and a half a game, I believe. Is five and a half? Is. Yeah, five and a half. Having nine points first week and two points last week, and that's with a PPR – he hasn't been doing well, and he's been drafted so early in the in many drafts, second or third pick, third round pick for sure. It's just he hasn't been performing. If you need a running back that you know will turn it up at the end of the season, or just need a running back right now, buy low on Clyde Edwards-Helaire because I guarantee all the owners of him are not happy right now. Oh yeah, I I have him in one of my leagues. I'm not super thrilled about him considering I have Damian Harris that's been sitting on my bench doing slightly better than him each week. That makes you really think, when do I give up on Clyde and when do I try and just see what I can get for him? If you're one of those people that's looking for a running back, just hit up the manager in your in your league and see what they what they need to give what you need to give up for Clyde Edwards Alaire cuz I bet you it's not as much as it would have been 3 weeks ago. No. And another one that you want to buy low on? A.J. Brown, you're talking about a guy who's the 50, 50th ranked receiver, averaging 10.5 points, and that's in a PPR. Had 14 last week and 7 the week, or 14 the first week and 7 the last week. Someone you can buy low on. I mean, I, from personal experience, I literally just bought low on A.J. Brown and did a trade today. I gave the guy D.J. Moore, Chase Edmonds, to help out his team. I mean, granted, that is my fourth and sixth round pick, but I stole a second pick, a second round pick. And A.J. Brown, he's only going to come up. I mean, you know he's not going to be performing like this all season. You got something to say, man? Yeah, as someone who owns A.J. Brown in two of their four leagues, I totally agree with that. But on the other hand, if you were me coming to me, or if you were coming to me for that trade, I don't know if I would do it because I'm that high on A.J. Brown. I think if you have him and you're listening to this, don't. Don't take a trade for him. Keep him, start him. Julio's been getting a lot of targets and he's also been dropping quite a few balls he did last week but i think aj brown's about to really get going especially against the colts defense this week they're going to need points to win 
and he, I think, is their best receiver. He's just a younger Julio, really. No, he is. And the best thing to look at A.J. Brown, if you're going to go for him, if, if you know an owner doesn't are, isn't happy with him, or if you even have him, the dude gets his targets. He had nine targets last game and eight targets the game before. I mean, he's catching three and four of them, so less than 50% on both weeks. Something you're going to want. I mean, he's obviously going to turn it up. He's not performing right now. So try it. If you need a wide receiver, go for it. Why not? And then with that, I mean, you guys got any more for the sell? You got to sell high one or sell or I have buy, a buy low, low? Buy low. Saquon. Give me Saquon? I've drafted him in two leagues in like the late second round because what was he projected? RB4 at the beginning of the year? Yeah, RB I think he went down five, to like seven like or that. eight. Yeah, but he played like shit. The first two weeks, I mean, what, like three points and eight points, something like that. But that was on 10 attempts and 13 attempts. And I think they might be holding him back a little just because they're wary about his knee. And if he actually gets going and Daniel Jones keeps playing like the guy Joel thinks he can, that that offense might actually be halfway decent and that he could be an actual running back two and possibly even an RB1 if he goes back to old Saquon pre-ACL injury. So you're... You would want to get him if you didn't have him. I would be a buy low, real low type of guy. And saying that as an owner of him, I'm not selling yet. No, I'd not give yet. it. I'd give it a month at least. Give him yeah. four weeks. Give him a full month when he comes back from obviously his knee injury. But it'll be. I feel like it'll still be a lot to get for him, especially because I mean he's pretty much a first round pick, maybe early second. Depends on your draft or your league. But he's presumably the number one running back on the team who has him. So you're probably going to still have to give up a pretty penny. I think there's just a lot of people that are going to be super irritated and trading with their emotions that if he has another, I don't know, nine, ten-point game again this week, that you might be able to get him for a lot less than you probably should, and he could really heat up going down the stretch this season. Yeah, no. And I think that wraps up. Do you have? I have one. Oh, you do? Yeah. I'm not going to wrap it up because Joel has one. They keep surprising me. I'm sorry. The, I'll make this one quick. Uh, it's Javante Williams for the Broncos. Uh, I think you could buy on him uh, pretty well right now because right now he's splitting carries with Melvin Gordon. But as you guys are getting into the later weeks, I think the, I believe that the Broncos are going to lean more on him. He's been the slightly more efficient back outside of the one good run that Melvin Gordon had where he, I think, broke like a 60, 70-some yarder. Javante Williams has looked like the better back in my opinion, and I think it's you guys need to – maybe get a flex option later down in the year and the Broncos are going to continue to run the ball they're going to look more towards Javante Williams than they are Melvin Gordon to get that rookie going he's going to be a bigger part of the offense and you guys need that we got that playoff stretch going late in the year I think it's going to be Javante Williams over Melvin Gordon I especially agree with that this week when the Broncos are going to be running the ball the second half when they're up by 65 points on the Jets after Zach Wilson's 13th pick of the game alright next segment uh, we'll go to the <laughs> sell high and two people, actually three people I want to give so high, are the only three receivers that have been a top ten receiver in the both of the last two weeks. That's Mike Williams, Cooper Cup, and Tyler Lockett. I'm selling high on all of them. Granted, Cooper Cup has been going off, and a lot of people say he's top five receiver potential. I personally don't see it, and I feel like he's a candidate for buying high. When I mean, you're talking about a guy who had what? Or selling high, I would say. You're talking about a guy who had what? 38 the first week, and then what? 42 the next week it's been pretty good Tyler Lockett similar numbers they've both been pretty good and playing fantasy for the last three or four years you would kind of kind of get to know that Lockett and Cup 
tend to do this and then also tend to have weeks where they put up seven or nine. They'll probably come back to earth, but right now, sell them. Get what you can from them. Same with Mike Williams. I, same could be said. I mean, he put up 22 back-to-back weeks. I mean, I personally have them. I'm not – I would sell them high, but I, I'm looking to keep them right now. But, again, they're all three of those guys aren't going to replicate what they've been doing all season. So – it's, if it's in your best interest to get a position that you need, sell high on these guys, and you'd be pretty happy with what you're going to get back. I think it'd be real easy, too, for Keenan Allen to turn around and have Mike Williams go back to, I don't know, what was he last year, at 8, 9, 10 points a game kind of receiver? Yeah, like a deep threat, like yeah. a 35 and then like a 5-point yeah. game. Not a very viable wide receiver one or two. Maybe a flex in a deep league, but that's about it. Yeah. Do you have? Do you guys have any sell highs? No, no. Yeah, that that wraps up for so high. It's a lot of wide receivers because, I mean, obviously if you're in a PPR league, they are going to be pretty expendable. But when you got three of those guys being top ten both weeks when you got people like Devontae and Tyreek putting up duds, your time's not a sell. And especially if you're Zach in our league, he's got Cooper Cup and Tara Lockett, at least flip one of them. Oh, yeah, I think he should at least flip one of them for someone he knows that will be able to get reliable volume throughout the whole season. Yeah, uh, and then that's about it for all the fantasy talk, and then we'll just say our par- podcast parlay for this week. Do you have one, too? Hey, I decided I was going to bring back, you know, Betty into my life and gamble it away now again, so I did create one myself for this week. So we got two. So it's basically kind of like a pick-your-poison kind of thing. Oh, yeah. You want to go first? I'll go first with mine. So mine consists of all noon games, so you don't have to sit there and feel like shit, waiting, shaking the whole day. It's only three teams also, so it's not too bad. And we're going to take the Cincinnati Bengals money line, the Los Angeles Chargers money line over the Chiefs, and the Buffalo Bills over the Washington football team. You're a ballsy wow. bitch. I am I'll a ballsy bitch, but I like to think that Justin Fields will, or Justin Herbert will be able to turn it up this week. And I don't know. I'd like to see Kansas City shaking their boots. What are the odds on that? Plus 9.95. Okay. Or plus 9.95. Yeah. Okay. If you want to bet on a parlay that has less than plus 935 odds, you can go with my wake-up parlay. It's pretty simple. I got three picks. I got Atlanta money line over the Giants. Then I got the Jets spread 10.5. Mind you, they can lose by 10. You still cover. And I got Tampa Bay money line over the Rams. I think they're all pretty pretty fair assumptions that they probably happen during the game. I mean, I believe in the Jets. I know many people don't, like Mac. But I think Tampa Bay will win. I also think Atlanta's going to win. I think the only reason why they're not favored is because they're away. But, like I said, that'll net you about plus 700, 750 odds. So still pretty juicy in your favor, and the outcomes aren't terrible. And with that, that's about it for the show. We went through the week three previews. We gave you fantasy talks, some players you can buy low on and sell high on. And we ended the show with our two podcast parlays. I'm glad to see Logan throwing a parlay in this week. We'll see how both of us go. Maybe we'll keep standings just like we do with the pickums. But other than that, I hope you guys have a great weekend, and I'll see you guys Monday. Love you guys.